0: Hey everybody, welcome to Outspoken, I am your host, Justin White, and my guest today is my new friend, uh, Julian Levy, who I met through my brother, um, and only met uh, the day of this recording. We had never laid eyes on one another one instant prior to uh, his showing up at my door. So that's always fun for me, and I think it's brave of others, so I admire and respect that and uh, appreciate it uh, greatly because it's uh, how a lot of my guests have shown up, and I think it's a really cool thing. Um, Another cool thing, excuse me, by the way, I've been trying to, um, to really take notice of the special little things that, you get to witness if you're paying attention and tuned into, um, more than just the rote behaviors that we all get caught up in, uh, in our day to day. Um, and so, and I think that when you do that, you just, you start to see more of them. That's my belief. And I think a lot of other people agree. Um, th- when you, when you focus your attention on something, it becomes more present, sometimes ever-present. And uh, <clears throat> But just in this sort of uh, attitudinal focus where I'm just trying to soak up what's good from the surroundings, which I often see as bad, um, I'm trying not to do that as much anymore. So, uh, what, yeah, for me, one way into having a better outlook is to just notice little stuff that makes me feel good or is funny or weird or dumb or whatever. So uh there I'm sure there are a lot of things that I'm not that are not coming to mind for me right now, but the one that is is um last night I stuck my head out my bathroom window, which I don't often do, but I just I put the window all the way up and stuck my head out and looked to the left a second and then look to the right and just as i look to the right this little tiny rat went running across the phone line between my house and the neighbor's house and uh well, personally i think rats are adorable and i love them and i think they're highly intelligent and interesting and quite sentient and uh so i when i see rats i think they're great even the big gnarly ones in the new york subway um, I mean they're pretty gross. I give I'll give you that, but they're also awesome. Uh, but this guy was a cute little dude, and he comes to my house often because I have a bird feeder, and I just happened to look up at the very instant that he was passing, just the space between the two houses, and I thought that was a nice thing, especially because I don't. I I was compelled to do it for no real reason, but anyway. You might think that's weird or nasty. I got rats around my house, but I think it's cute and sweet and adorable and lovely. Um, So anyway, enough of that. So uh, after we listen to these rotten, lousy kids at play, uh, we'll talk to my friend Julian.
1: I got to college and I felt very much like It was this weird thing that happened where, you know, growing up in downtown Manhattan, my folks are artists, um, went to public schools and like um, the thing that happens is you get to a certain age. The school bus doesn't come after third grade and you got to walk. You got to walk or take city, the bus city or bus. the subway or whatever, but like you're you're just out there. Your parents couldn't possibly find you if they wanted to. Um, and In like, third grade, so you're like eight years from old. Or like something? fourth grade on, you know, I was walking to school and like, wow. you know, the city is your playground. So you're just out there. You have this kind of independence. So, but by the time I got to college, it was the first time I'd ever been. Um, watched. It was the first time I had ever had it's to so be accountable for like, my. It's like the time, opposite of,
0: of most people's experience. Where yeah, they I get was, to college and get to cut loose because their parents aren't. Around. And
1: all these kids were going crazy, and yeah. I was just standing there, like, "Really, calm down," you know? Because like, you had already done it. It's fine. Like, yeah, I felt trapped and like weird. Yeah, I actually, because of that feeling among others, I, 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 had to split for a while. You dropped out. I didn't or, drop out. I, 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 I hit pause. I took a year i went to oregon okay uh and just kind of got my head together uh-huh uh and i had, then had you a did go bad back? Time. i went back uh yeah right, right prior to my going to college my, my dad had died of cancer it was like a really oh, wow. slow bad Thanks. thing yeah and uh were you with him oh yeah like that? up close with it it was really really brutal um and by the time I'm I sorry, got to college, man. I got oh no, it's fine. It was fifteen years ago, but well, it's, uh, still, it's
0: it's hard. That's a hard thing to live through. It
1: the sense of uh, not uh, anchoring your life to that moment is something that I like had to keep an eye on because I think that I was reactive for a really long time. Yeah.
0: Well, how could you not be at that age? Right? Yeah. <clears throat> young, you're a young adult coming into adulthood and losing one of your guides right you know you know nothing to
1: begin with right and then you get the you know front row seat to the big show right you know the humanity and like the the intensity of human emotion yeah you know, it's not something that you really have adults struggle with that right so as a kid finding a, a signpost is
0: really difficult it's really hard especially if you're seeing adults struggle with it like you're watching other adults lose their bearings and you're like well shit then i'm really screwed if i can't you know anchor myself to anybody
1: yeah so by the time i got to college it was like i had done it because i was a shit student Mm -hmm. i couldn't care less couldn't be bothered just wanted to hang out i went to a performing arts public high school in uh in new york
0: yeah, the Fame School. It like, was Fame. I was yeah, going to yeah, ask it is, if it was that, that. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. Um, what? And you were you a writer then, or were you doing something no, else? No. You. So the it way it works is you have to so.
1: audition in a specific um, discipline. Discipline. Okay. And then you get in for that. That's what you do. Regard, There's no like electives. The way through. It's conservatory you're doing dance. style. You're doing okay. You're doing yeah. Okay. And I got in for drama. I auditioned on a lark and wow, got in. I never got bitten by the bug, but I was there. And they that's amazing. It's a public school. They can't kick you out if you're not, you know, Lawrence Olivier. So hey, I did you choose that, or did your parents say, "Hey, go check out this"? No, I I kind of just my sister went there for acting. Oh, okay. I knew I had some idea of like what it would be like.
0: How much older is she?
1: She's uh, seven years older. Than okay.
0: Me. So she did her whole career there, and then you you had that as a reference point?
1: Yeah, and some of the same teachers were there. Cool. But I, so I am in this school, I'm, I couldn't be bothered, and, and my dad is dead, and I'm just in the soup, and I, you know, this guidance counselor and this college counselor kind of got a hold of me, and they were like, you know, let's. Let's make sure you don't disappear. That's good. So that's yeah, kind of thank amazing God for those they two were women looking They're, out for you. Yeah. Um, Which so I got tell me again college. the school
0: that you. This oh, is LaGuardia
1: the, High School. Was the high school okay? And then so I, uh, I just kind of buried my head in trying to not drown in this stuff, and I wound up getting into college. But by the time I got there, I kind of blinked, and it was I was just there, and I didn't feel like I any good understanding of what i was doing or why and and what college was it skidmore college okay
0: and you went for what well, did you have a major
1: mm-hmm. had you declared a major yet
0: no i you know i was there I was as a that. as a
1: freshman i was not sleeping i was mm-hmm. like you know surviving on cigarettes and coffee and just like a lot of pacing and yeah uh, were,
0: was it do you are you in touch with what the emotional i mean you weren't were you not dealing with your dad's death or were you Dealing with it and... I was coping. You're coping. You know, you
1: make a distinction between like truly getting your head around something and then just doing what you have to do to survive yeah. uh, something. Because, you and know... You were I, doing that. I, I had people who, you know, was like a there but for the grace of God kind of situation where it's like, you know, they had a similar situation and just crumbled. Mm. And I saw that and I was like, well...
0: You don't want to do that.
1: I just didn't know if I... Everything I was doing was going to lead me to that anyway. It's not something I felt like I had a handle on. Did you so. feel
0: like you're in this self-destructive... You know, were you just like mad at the world and... I think know. that
1: I had this attitude for a long time, actually, uh, of like, well, I made it through and I'm alive and I am okay uh, to the point where I can take care of myself. Mm-hmm. You know, nobody... I had to kind of save myself from this stuff there wasn't really anybody looking out for me
0: your mom and, wasn't hanging in and being uh, supportive
1: or no you know this is kind of one of those things where it's like the adult version of a certain type of grief and bereftness is so beyond the ken of a you know you've been with someone 30 years that's your life that's right. you know what that destroys a person So she, for her at least. And yeah. And it was just kind of, she in many ways just checked out. And like, oh man.
0: Um, I'm sorry for so, that as well. That must've been difficult.
1: You no, know, we got through, you know, she's, she's doing all right. She's, she's okay now. She's happier now. And you guys talk, we talk, yeah, we see each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, Do you talk about your dad. Is she able to? I mean, yeah, she's obsessed still.
0: Really? Yeah. She just misses him and something. she, yeah,
1: it's like the, the guiding kind of thing in wow. your life. Well, you know, and it's like, how do I then go about my life and not do that? Right. You know, I don't want to do that. I don't want to have that conversation ad nauseum for X number of years. I knew this person f- till I was a teenager. And even then he wasn't around all that much. He, mm. he taught and he was out of town
0: a lot. So did you have a good relationship though? Before, uh, I mean, as we much did. as you could. Yeah. As much as dads you know, are present.
1: I liked him a lot and we had a rapport we were really similar apparently people tell me that all the time mm. and uh you know my sense that that I had to become well acquainted with the stuff that was kind of foisted upon me I didn't ask to have to consider all of these things as this person who is trying to kind of find their way and like well, there was a lot of my friends kind of just doing kids stuff and yeah. being concerned with kid things I would look at them and I would say how do you not you know how are you not in tune with this stuff you know just death, mortality yeah. and all this heavy heavy stuff and I you know was a bit of a pill mm. you know I didn't care I, I had this perspective that you know i had this teacher <clears throat> he's a he's a legendary kind of guy uh, timothy shawme um had him as well he actually brought him i think to the oscars as his date mm. so this guy was a very important guy to a lot of people for okay. a good reason he was very he was he's an intense, intensely empathic i haven't seen him in many years but he he's an intensely empathic person mm-hmm. a very smart person and he told me this thing Uh, I was having a really hard time and he said, I said, you know, I've I've seen all this stuff. I've like been doing all of this living in the presence of all of this stuff, but I still feel bogged down by all of the stuff that's relevant to the teenage experience. And it feels weird that I should be affected by this stuff, even though I've seen all this other more important kind of stuff going around. Mm Mm-hmm. And he said, uh, you can be walking down a road and uh, not be able to see anything, no perspective. And then you find a tree, and you climb the tree and you see the entire path that you're supposed to be walking mm. and you see the destination, but that doesn't mean that you don't have to get down from the tree and walk the path to get there. Right. And it seems kind of obvious, but that at the time it stayed with me. I, I still... Yeah, it's
0: a good little nugget. You but know? did you, were you aware of, so there, I mean, to you, there was sort of like these two worlds. There was like what your friends were doing, the kids, and then what the rest of life looked like, which was like harsh, brutal yeah. <laughs> truth or, you know, well, there's, and uh, you know s- some suffering that a lot of people don't experience at that age. But, um, um, were you aware of like, of wanting to be in that world or were you just, did you just think it was like that's over. I'll never like, did you just skip right over adolescence? You didn't have the,
1: I felt like the door shut in my face. You didn't
0: get a chance to do it. Like it just, no, you know, because also
1: the nature of like death from illness is it's not sudden. So it lives in your house and it's like, you know, Hemingway has that story where death is this dog that sits on this, your chest and it Mm -hmm. breathes into your mouth. And it's like, um, when you live in, that's your reality. When you go home, that's what you're confronting.
0: And you said it was a long time. Long time. Like a long sickness.
1: Long and un- unhappy. And Ugh. it, you know, the, the obsession with kind of trying to make that make sense in the context of life and how those two things are, you know, inexorably linked mm-hmm. forever. There is no such thing as... Death, I was having a conversation about Groundhog Day yesterday. Mm-hmm. And I was saying that, you know, uh, the reason why everything is meaningless is because death doesn't matter in that world. So he can do anything, everything. Nothing holds importance for him. That it is the fact that we are eventually going to see an end to all things that anything ha- becomes important and right. it has any.
0: Yeah, the value is only there because it might be gone. Like we might lose that thing. So that I, that's you know, uh, or might not have enough time to get it in the first
1: place. Right. That's the the the. I have a tattoo with the you know the lyric from Bob Dylan, "Oh sister, you may not see me tomorrow." Mm. Um. Time is an ocean, but it ends at the shore. You may not see me tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, it's like that's a, that's a good line.
0: I don't. I I love Dylan, but I don't know lyrics well enough to pull them from you know from songs except They're for the exactly. really obvious ones but that's a good one
1: i it led me to a certain amount of you know i studied, i wound up studying in uh college uh my degree was ostensibly in existential psychology but uh you know that just means bartending university so. <laughs> right yeah. talking to people yeah just like <clears throat> i'm not gonna what am i gonna be the existential psychologist like, yeah
0: what <laughs> is that what you did you got your degree and then just started getting job jobs like whatever you could do yeah, to pay the well, bills. Yeah, well, I I was
1: very invested in writing fiction, uh, and that was kind of like they wouldn't give me a double major, even though I was doing just as much of that as, if not more than my psychology stuff, and they just didn't allow that. That was my thesis was in was a short novel based on the stuff that I was doing in existential psychology. Oh wow! Yeah, so did I, you finish the novel? that one no i think that like i kind of got three quarters of the way through and then it was graduating school and i yeah, was gonna done. have to get out yeah like, yeah
0: but uh you write another one or other ones no
1: that's the that's the plan
0: that's what you're doing so
1: yeah i just got into school so i'm gonna my plan for an mfa is to have two years where i can have people with stewardship over a novel yeah like that's
0: do you have the do you have the story in mind
1: I do, but that only goes so far. I think yeah. you know. Uh, I have my like signposts and like things that I would like to talk about, and mm-hmm. whether or not that's anything anybody would want to read, or is, <laughs> you know, I don't know. I can't really
0: make that determination. So I guess. But you do you write for? Do you write for yourself or for, you know, an audience that might want to read it? I
1: you have to write. I think you have to write for yourself. I mean, the things mm-hmm. that I've ever produced that I feel really good and proud of, or things that hewed really close to what I felt at the time, as opposed to what I thought anybody would respond to, that anybody responds to anything well is repeatedly a surprise to me.
0: Uh, But I I think it's a testament. I mean, first of all, I agree. I think you have to, whatever your creative pursuit is, you need to be doing it because you want to be doing it. Not because you hope someday somebody's gonna find it and give you accolades, you know?
1: Right. And some maybe you find your audience, maybe you don't. Yeah. Um, but like, you
0: have to keep doing it because it because it comes from you. It's like an it's an inner drive and need mm-hmm. that's being filled. Not not an external ego based thing. Like, hey, I have this many followers or this many readers or listeners or whatever.
1: And I'm I'm also a big believer in <clears throat> the work that you produce has to stand apart from you. Um, that stuff that's too self-referential or stuff that, um, points too hard to the mind that created the work, no matter what it is. Yeah. Um, if it requires a disclaimer, you're not going to be there to stand next to the person as they're reading it, every person or seeing it or whatever it is.
0: Yeah. That's a good point. Um, yeah, it needs to have some universal resonance outside of that person. Um,
1: you know, that's why to me. My mother, she's a artist and she said this thing once. I don't know if she came up with this or what, but she, she said, well, the thing about art is that it has no inherent value. It is only its function is only to be appreciated and to, to look at and to appreciate it doesn't serve a function in society in a transactional way. So you have to understand that that is valuable. Mm. Uh, it, in in and of itself it has to be able to stand up right and uh that kind of sticks with me yeah i I don't want to capitulate to any kind of whatever standard i I might imagine might be out there because what do I know i I can't speak for anybody else's experience I can just mm-hmm. do I intend my little corner base. yeah
0: which I think is. What we should all be doing, really—I uh, mean, not maybe not should—but it's it's where it's most comfortable. Like you're not trying to cater to somebody else; you're doing the thing that feels right. And for for a lot of people, I think it takes a long time to figure out what that is. Like what it, what is it that feels right? What do I want to be doing with my time and energy? And but I think that if you're waiting for somebody else to point it out to you or tell you where you should be, then you're probably not going to find it. And well, if you're asking yourself questions about what you do and don't like or want, then you probably will find it.
1: Well, there's that, you know, <clears throat> in existential thought, it's, you know, the quest for meaning is one of the the main pillars. and right. And I think the if there's ever been an answer, it's that the quest for meaning in and of itself is meaning. Right.
0: Um, Which is, that's pretty universal in like various uh I mean, not not most organized religions, but in, in terms of like life philosophies, I think there's something universal there about just like the the path is what it's about. The yeah, part, that, you that's
1: know. you know, uh, uh, what is it? Uh, um, what's that new thing that everybody's really into right now? In the ther- the it's like not presence, it's mindfulness. Oh right, mindfulness. Yeah. Everybody loves mindfulness. Well, the you know pop kind of judgments about whether or not that's whatever aside that there's real value in that, you know, check, check your reality. Where are you right now? You know, what matters to you right now? Not in some imagined kind of way, right? Zoom out from yourself, uh, and see yourself as you are.
0: And it's, it's helpful with emotional states too. Like if you're, if you're feeling overwhelmed by what you're feeling and you don't know what it is and you take a minute to take you know check in with what it is and breathe and say i'm okay i'm safe nothing's happening to me right at this moment yeah okay. i
1: <clears throat> i am not how i will be i am how i am right do I think in order to do anything that matters to you because ultimately that's the only thing that's your only that should be your only guide I think if you're going to you can't please everyone and you shouldn't try and I don't believe in doing that you know just generally I don't believe in nice for niceness's sake I believe I don't believe in palatability for its own sake I Mm. believe in what is real mm-hmm. and what makes what, what hues to closest to truth. If there is one mm-hmm. and that is kind of a universal thing and interpersonal relationships in art, in um, the way that you interpret and absorb art, um, you know, an honest assessment, mm-hmm. you know, uh, forget what people may want of you or yeah, anything like that. Relationships are like that, you know, right. Um, genuine, genuineness. Yeah.
0: So do you have do you have like no tolerance for small talk and weather and stuff like that?
1: I'm not great. I'm I do not think I'm great at it because yeah. uh, you know
0: it's not interesting.
1: Well I have a hard time
0: pretending to be interested when I'm yeah. not. Yeah, same. Uh I mean I'm good at faking it, but it doesn't feel good to me, so I don't yeah. don't want to do it. So I stopped doing so I stopped. I used to sort I mean I still it depends on the person obviously and you're not sure. gonna like get into it with somebody you barely know. And be like, "What do you mean it's a nice day? what do you you know who are you to say so but but it also doesn't feel i mean it would feel shitty to stop and force that person out of their nicety right but but joining in the nicety it it feels better, but it also feels inauthentic it does so where I guess the middle ground is. I don't know what it is. I mean, it's for each person to to decide. But well, you gotta
1: participate in this whole thing. So yeah, you know, this there's whole like some society. Here. Oh, I think that was kind of my attitude when I was younger and more angry. Was um, no, I, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna do that. I'm yeah, not gonna I won't even acknowledge. No, thing. forget it. I'm, I'm not doing it. Yeah, and I was a real asshole. Yeah, you know, I, I made nobody myself likes, unliked that. by plenty of people, yeah. and I didn't give a <laughs> shit. Uh, that didn't bother me.
0: Really. No. Do you think it did somewhere deep down inside, and uh, you were shoving it down, or do you no, think it I just
1: legitimately
0: didn't legitimately get through? Couldn't couldn't care less. And wow. and
1: I kind of still feel that way. Is like, you know, whatever it is that I may be, there's enough people who are into that that I can live my life happily, um, and I don't need to be friends with everyone. It that's doesn't. a great
0: way to put it. That's a really nice. That's a nicely phrased, like smooth. Going with the flow way of of looking at
1: it. You know, uh, I'm not the chillest person on the earth. Yeah. But I also don't really have time or patience for things that, you know, and I've been surprised for
0: sure by. Like had an experience that was good when you didn't think it would be. Yeah, Yeah. And, you know. Those are nice. You
1: have to allow for that. You know, I don't know. How things are gonna go yeah. with a with anybody?
0: Well, hopefully you wouldn't get so jaded that you would would never be open to that kind of thing occurring because because well, it, it happens a lot if you yeah. let it. And
1: I, you know, I had one of the most kind of formative conversations that I wound up having. I came at a lot of stuff, I think, late and backward. Mm-hmm. And uh, same here. I was in. I was living in New Orleans, and my my best friend, who had at that point been sober for. Seven years, you know, he had like dropped out of school and high school and was a bunch of different high schools, and he had a really hard time. And then he went to culinary school and discovered his intense love of cooking nice. and food, and he kind of got a lot of his stuff together. And like it had been, he had really good for a long time. And mm-hmm. um, I hadn't seen him in a while, and he came to visit me in New Orleans. He and his his now wife, uh, myself, and my girlfriend at the time, and he and I were in the backyard of this house that I was living in. And he said, you know, man, you say no so much more than you say yes. Wow. And you are closing yourself off. You don't even entertain that something that people bring to you might have any value. You make that determination before you ever even give it a chance. And I got to tell you, it's getting kind of hard
0: to be around. That's so cool that he said that to you. As hard as it must have been to hear.
1: It's began for me, like I heard what he was saying and it began this, it didn't happen all at once, but this conscious effort that I had to begin making to kind of like, you know, take each thing as it is Yeah, to the degree that
0: I still can. Um, I think that's awesome. I mean, people say that you can't change someone else and, but a statement like that, it delivered in the right way in a, you know, in a loving, like he cared about you. He wanted you to be, You know, he still wanted to be friends with you, and he was just letting you know it's getting hard to do that because you're being kind of a dick. He was right. He was right, and he called you out on it to your face in a gentle way, and that does that's everything. If he had been like, you know, fuck you, or just like disconnected, you would have resisted taking the lesson. You know, you would have been like, well, screw you. I don't, you know, I don't need you.
1: Yeah, and and I had I had moved down to that city. I didn't know anybody there. Mm -hmm. I was in this little island. I I had no like close friends there. I I developed some close friendships, but like any sense of history or what had come before I had left behind and Mm -hmm. I was very isolated from all of this stuff. And most of my friends were back in New York.
0: Right. And you were were kind of angry and in a, not a super open space. I,
1: I, you know, the ease with which I was able to dismiss that call Mm-hmm. It Was unnerving to a lot of people, um, but I just had this stuff that I like didn't know was still affecting me. This yeah. kind of yeah, jadedness. Um, I believe in skepticism. Mm-hmm. I'm a big believer in that. That me that, too. that is a virtue, and that you know,
0: and that's different from cynicism. It's
1: different from cynicism. Yeah. I'm I'm not a cynic. I'm technically philosophically a pessimist. Yeah, I but, am too. Um that also gets very confused and people confuse that with
0: it just has negative connotations it automatically negative. it's not but that's not, not
1: what that is mm-hmm. you know it's uh i believe in assessing reality as it is um and there's no reason to kind of look at a situation and assume that it's all going to work out it very well may not right you know i think that that we all got a big lesson when you know what's his name got elected president
0: yeah. but uh shithead yeah I think is his name. Yeah.
1: Don't even you can't it's like Voldemort. Yeah,
0: I don't use his name and I don't call him the president either.
1: Yeah, I mean I wish God we can't we can't go down that road, but (laughs) (laughs) it's an ugly one. It's ugly, but
0: But I like the one we're on.
1: Yeah. You know, it's
0: there's the essential
1: kind of funny thing about the doctrines that guided the American attitude are that it's essentially optimistic and mm-hmm. form a more perfect union and right. um, that there's progress and that when people say stuff about, you know, it's never been great and it's like, well, I understand what you're saying. Yeah, but it was better for, than this. But for the duration, for the duration, there as long as there have been real shitty people, there have also been people who are here To righteously fight against those people. And And I
0: I think there still are. They're just, they just need to work extra hard right now. Yeah. I think maintaining
1: optimism, you know, those people maintaining optimism,
0: very important to me. It's essential. Yeah. I'm
1: glad they do. Because you you can't. Yeah. And I want to, you know, point to them and say, like, I want to be like, yeah, I want to be on their team. Yeah. that we kind of view the same reality and we're all cr- simultaneously creating and experiencing it, and, yeah, you know,
0: while being at odds with about, you know, we don't agree on all of it, but we are collectively creating what we see.
1: Right. And, and you know, uh, to then produce something that like is a standardized interpretation of that thing. I've published this. Mm-hmm. this is my interpretation of this thing. Here you are. Now, participate in my my creation. Um, that is a very special thing. It's a very risky thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that it's a worthwhile thing, but I think that music does that. It captures a moment in time and, you know, freezes it in amber. Mm-hmm. Um, painting certainly
0: does. photography although, does it probably more than anything. There
1: you go. snap. and people yeah. are obsessed with photography now, yeah, yeah. Because my God,
0: talk about a you know so, a, an industry that opened up to the to the public—the democratization of it. Yeah, as soon as the iPhone thing. camera got great, everybody's a, an amateur photographer.
1: You know, it. Someone told me they went to Versailles mm-hmm. recently, and it was just hundreds of people just taking selfies at Versailles. It's gross, and it's like, are you going to go back and look at those?
0: Yeah. Does anybody else want to look at those?
1: No, people, people show me all the time. They're like, oh, look at pictures of my kids. And I would say like, no, nah, I don't want to see that. I don't care. Like, I don't care. And I'm really happy that you care. Yeah. I'm not going to do this to you. Yeah. You know, like... You wouldn't on. you wouldn't care about my kids. Yeah, you're not going to care about my... I have, yeah. I have a new niece. Uh-huh. I'm not going to show you photos of my new niece. What do you care? Right. If you ask, sure. Yeah. But just holding someone hostage... Right. ...in that way. is like...
0: <laughs> well, I... Yeah, I was just saying recently how... I, you know, I adore my kid more than anything, but I'm not that interested in, I mean, I love kids. When I meet kids face to face, I love them. I always engage with them, you know, on on their level and Mm -hmm. as as real people. And um, so I really enjoy interacting with kids, but I don't care about their pictures or stories or anything if I've never met them and if I'm never going to meet them because they're just... Somebody else's kids—they're not. It's right. just like anybody else. Like I don't want to see pictures of your your friends from work either. No, if I don't know them, I'm never going to meet them.
1: Exactly. You know, uh, that's a that's a it's a funny thing because people go through their lives and they feel like they're amassing context for how much they care about stuff, and they have to prove it right to others. And, and you know, know, here's my catalog. Yeah. And and you know my thing is if you have stuff that you care about, that is by definition, what matters in life. Yeah. To you. Yeah, the
0: evidence of it is not important. No. It's and, what it's the fact of it. And, you know,
1: if it matters to you, it matters, period. You're never gonna live in someone else's mind or brain. That will never happen and they're right. not gonna be in yours. So if it matters to you, if somebody tells you that it doesn't, they're wrong because it does when you end, the world ends so far as
0: your experience is concerned. Right. So yeah yeah it matters well and they're not hopefully they're not telling you it doesn't matter to you they're just saying it doesn't matter to them yeah exactly but we take that personally
1: well I don't understand why people people get very offended yeah but it's my
0: baby don't you see my baby I don't know I don't (laughs) not really no do you have a good picture of a cheeseburger yeah it's the same you
1: know know, uh, there's some certain universal things that it's always fun to look at but like yeah
0: you know you got kittens rolling around on yeah you got a baby armadillo I could look at
1: yeah i'd be into that but but yeah it's just funny and i'm hard to offend Mm -hmm. um which i'm glad of me too um it i think makes me someone that when people speak to me um they can be free to express themselves and i'll try to meet them there same you know but i want to be able to tell you no, that's that's wrong and that's dumb. Yeah, because then you can tell me the same thing. Yeah, and and we'll have a conversation about it. I don't want to have. I was going back to the small talk ideas. Like yeah, I don't want to have. Yes, we all agree that the sunshine is pleasant, right? But some kind times can be unpleasant,
0: right? You know. Ah, yes. Same with the rain. Same with the. this yeah. yes, Same with the. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> and what I have always felt, or since I sort of realized how much I don't like small talk, uh, what I've always felt is that those. The people who engage in it really want more than that. They really would love to have Mm. a deeper conversation, but they don't know... I mean, first of all, you don't generally jump straight into deep conversations with strangers. Well, I do, but most people don't uh, walk up to strangers and want to get right to the meat. They always want to start up here and trickle down. But I think a lot of folks... Well, it's just scary. It's scary to to open up to a person that you don't know. Mm. And so they keep it in this shot in the shallow end so there's never this danger of having to be vulnerable. Because the thing the the effect that I've had on a lot of people in being up front and open all the time is that they're scared because they think they have to meet me there. They have to be as open and as vulnerable and as mm. you know, as willing to admit fault. And so <clears throat> that's the thing. And I'm it doesn't keep me from living that way because I don't want to close down my consciousness. And I don't think you can, I think it's once it's open, it's, it just continues to open. Um, but I want to help other people who want that. I want to help them see that it's safe. It's okay. It's okay to speak your mind. Even if you say something dumb, even if you say something that someone will disagree with, even if somebody tells you they don't like pictures of your kid, it's okay. Yeah. And, And,
1: but that's the thing is that like my, uh, willingness to, have an unpleasant feeling about anything only goes that far it's only as important as i decide (laughs) to make it so if somebody does say something that like trips me up and i think fuck yourself you know am i going to perseverate on that or am i going to say oh well fuck you know my life is not affected by this person's opinion of anything you know so we're going to just roll with that and go on and maybe we'll talk about it more but you know Everybody, that's, this is a funny thing. So my girlfriend, um, who I love very much, uh, she's the best. She grew up in uh, the punk and hardcore scene. And that's a lot of posturing of intense um, aggression or toughness. Yeah. Um, Where did she grow up? She grew up in Binghamton, New York. Okay. Um, And you have this scene and and being in that scene necessitates uh, a certain kind of mean you know yeah and the truth is all of them are doing that because they feel so much and they are so vulnerable Mm -hmm. and they are so hurt and they have so many feelings totally you know which is what i talked about before is like any reaction to a thing is being affected by the thing even if you're going against it you're still reacting to it yeah so this idea that you can somehow escape from feelings Right and pretend that you're not a vulnerable person or pretend that you're not a, 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 a feeling person. You can't. It's yeah. it's artifice, and I don't believe you. You right. know you care deeply about something. Well, when we talk, hopefully we'll touch on some of those things, and it'll stir some kind of passion in you because I'm a passionate person. Yeah. Let's 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 interact on that level. I don't right. want to interact on a level that like.
0: Just I don't care. Keeps I'm, you stifled and keeps you. Yeah, you're not talking about anything of value or meaning. What What do we want from from the people that we're speaking to? Even right. you know, if you're
1: going to take the time out of your life to have a conversation, not everything has to be super valuable. You know, maybe right. you don't get that out of that conversation, but that you know, let's let's just
0: be real here. Yeah, yeah. But I think a lot of people aren't looking for real. They're looking for feeling okay or feeling good. You know, even if it means faking it to get there. They want to be. They want to just be like, okay, nobody's hurting me right now. I'm safe. And and that is its own
1: incredible value, you know, just feeling okay.
0: Yeah, um, for sure. But but when when you don't know how to do it on your own, and you have to use other people, the a reflection from someone else to get your bearings, because uh, I think that's what it is, like checking in with someone. Hey, how's you know? It's like yeah. if you are nice back to them, then they can walk away from it feeling okay, cool. The world's still okay. That person was nice. But if you said. Hey, how's it going? And The person's like, "Fuck you, get out of my face!" You know. Then you'd be like, right. "Oh God, I have to go crawl back in my right, little right. safe place and stay there for a while." And so, I think you have to be able to generate your own feeling of okayness, mm-hmm. or be adaptable enough to just you know be okay with whatever. Um, or you're gonna really suffer. You're gonna struggle in the world because because it's not. It doesn't feel safe to m- most people. Even safe to speak your mind. You know. That's that's a funny attacked. thing.
1: You know, um, people who, you know, who expect all conversations to be pleasant Mm -hmm. or to exist on a level that they can personally contribute or relate or that they need to do that in order to, like, make a conversation work. Right. Um, Those people are really asking to get their feelings hurt and are asking for disappointment you you have to accept a certain amount of like, "Ah, oh, well, that was a weird, shitty person. I'm going to now get af- away from them, <laughs> yeah, very fast, I'm not gonna let that affect me, and yeah, uh, there's gonna be something else over there, you know, like uh, you know, uh,
0: but some people have that reaction to like a weird, good person, you, yeah. know? some people are like, well, just the weirdness was too much, I had to get out of there, and they're missing an opportunity to get to know somebody better. You know, to see that somebody who's weirder than them might still be a nice person or it's true, have something to offer. <laughs> until you've done that like you haven't fully felt yourself until you've allowed yourself to be who you are without other people changing that you
1: know? and 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 to me that's all comes out of the same thing which is you know you live within your life Yours is the only that you're ever going to have so far as I think right Um. so what what we are all searching for is the truth of what we are right Um. You have to do the job of admitting whatever that is to yourself first and foremost, and making an honest assessment of yeah. whether you want to spend your time tending to these things or those things or whatever. What's important to you? Get real. At least with, if you're so, with yourself, if no one else. Yeah. Um, and then once you've kind of settled a little bit on that, and other people are kind of invited into the conversation about you, you know, who who are you going to listen to? Yeah. yeah. You know. I think that's really important. I think a lot of people, when they're focused on other people or what everyone else is doing, they're not asking themselves those questions. Exactly. They don't take the
0: time to know yeah. themselves. I think we should only be asking ourselves you can ask for other people's advice or input, but in terms mm-hmm. of like what you what feels right for you, we can't look outside yourself for that answer. No, I you know, and I'm a big believer in therapy. hmm I believe,
1: you know, you get a person whose ostensible goal is to help you listen to yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, forgive the societal pressure. I mean, like that's what does it to a lot of people—is this sense that they should, right, be a certain way
0: that is not, and, and they the way never they feel. can, they never will, and never can be that exact way. So right. they just always feel wrong. And it's this self-acceptance um,
1: that frees you.
0: Yeah, you know. Well, well I was gonna say, like in in some ways transgender people or anyone who's who has such a such an overt the the way in which they don't fit in society is is ever present you know yeah so they it's almost like the change is forced like i have to or you know being being in the closet you have like until you come out you're going to have that that heaviness on your back, right? Yeah. So, but I think for a lot of people who don't have something as obvious, something that stands out as being different, it's harder for them to, to tap into what it is that they need to like, who am I? It's more discreet. Yeah. If you're in a, if you are in a homogenous group and you fit in with them, Mm. you might have a harder time figuring out how you are an individual and why, you know, what it is that you're supposed to be doing yourself versus what you're supposed to be doing in this group of people yeah. that have these expectations. And
1: I think that to a degree, you know, definitely I, I'm, I'm not queer in that way. And I have never had to grapple with my identity, at least in a s- sexual sense or, or a gender sense. Um But I've been around those people my entire life. And, you know, there's always this sense to me that when I've met those people that it's like, Oh, you, you had to not only come to terms with yourself, but you had to do at least in the time that I grew up, a job of convincing others that that was a legitimate thing and that you had to be respected for your choice. Totally. So yeah. I never necessarily had to do that in that way. But what I did have to do was I had to um, come to terms with you know these questions of intense existential dread and mortality and these things. And I had to reckon with... Those things, and I had that burden Mm -hmm. to carry around and decide what the fuck was important to me in the face of all this stuff. And, uh, you know, so kind of emerging out of that, you know, I, I, people who I think have been able to live their lives without making, without asking those questions, that's a blessing and a curse. You know, a certain type of happiness um, dulls your you're the tool that you use for dissecting yourself and
0: introspection and (laughs) if it's real happiness. Uh, But I don't know what, I don't know anyone who could really, I mean, I feel like you're either in denial of your own feelings. If you're, if you're able to like have a life that isn't actually what, it's not actually the life that you want or Mm. think that you want, and you're able to exist in that without every day feeling like you're going to jump out of your skin. Yeah. That takes a certain amount of denial. I think like you have to shut down what it is you actually desire. If you're willing to accept less than that, you know, if you stopped striving, if you're just like, well, this is what I do now. This is my life and it's good. It's good enough. I'm not, you know, to me, it's a strange, like I would never stop striving for, for, and i don't know what i'm even I, I you know i don't i don't think happiness is the goal i don't think that's an that's a realistic end point i think happiness is a fleeting emotion just like all the other ones and they come and go you know you get to have some happiness you get some sadness you get some anger you get some jealousy and frustration. yeah you get it all and no one of them is right or wrong they're all they're all right they're all need to be there well they're valid they're all valid yeah, yeah. that's the way that's to put it but if you're not allowing them to be valid, you know, if you think that happiness is more important than sadness,
1: but that's, you know, that to me is the, one of the things is like, well, if we're going to have an honest conversation, you know, anybody, um, we're going to acknowledge that, uh, there is unpleasantness in this world and that unpleasantness, it does not have any more inherent value than the pleasantness because it taught me something X, Y, or Z or like, you know,
0: probably taught you more than the, the contentment did.
1: Yeah. And like, you know, we don't have to talk about all the time, good, positive things that make us happy. We can have a real conversation with other things. And You know, I'm not going to like jump into every conversation. Like, so how'd your grandma die? Yeah, you know, exactly. Like, yeah, I'm not doing that, but, <laughs> um, sometimes, but yeah, uh, you know, everything has its, anything in excess has its, uh, what's his name? Eric from, he's a philosopher, psychologist, mm-hmm. um, talks about uh, freedom from and freedom to. And, you know, the individual, at least in Western society, seeks individuality, more freedom, more freedom. It has this value to it. Mm -hmm. But the highest, the greatest extent of freedom is isolation. And once you're alone with all this freedom to do anything, Mm -hmm. what are you anymore? do you have a good sense of yourself then are you not desperately scared um, and and lonely mm-hmm. you know so you need to kind of come back from that and you need to say well the, the true compromise is one where ne- nobody's happy
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah well I just think we got a, I think we were off on the wrong foot the minute we decided that happiness was the end goal you know I think it's an, mm-hmm. it's a nice ideal. I just don't think it's realistic and never has been in li- in human life. Yeah. So I don't so it's interesting to me and a bit odd that we still believe after all these years, you know, millennia, that that is what we're aiming for and striving for and should have, like this weird entitlement to to a perfect life that we believe, you know, or at least in this in western society we seem to be chasing that carrot and thinking it's, it's ours, like we deserve it.
1: And that is the province of, um, people who want you to buy things, right. you know, uh, that there is an ideal, always more to go after, uh, sure. If you're looking without sure. <laughs> um, and I'm not a Zen Buddhist. I don't have a daily practice of mindfulness. No. Um, but you know, to look within rather than without. Well, I just know that, you know, sure. If I feel like absolute shit, I go and buy myself like a little thing. Yeah. Yeah. I feel feel better. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. That's great. Um, am I going to get up and do that every day? Is that going to add up to something? No, 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 no. No. You know, so piles of stuff, you know, I step back and, you know, writing is like, what a ridiculous thing. To try and pursue, I can't believe that this happened to me mm-hmm. where like I care so much about this thing that it's so uncertain that it's so ineffable that there is no certainty in it, I guess that's you know art in general, yeah, um, but like uh, i at this point at this stage, I can't question it anymore that it that it holds this weight for me that I must do it yeah. i I've kind of made my bed to a degree, so. Damn it! If if I don't care about it, then and I don't do it and I don't chase it down, then what am I doing? What am I? Yeah. Uh, I I don't know how else to measure my fitness as a
0: being on this mm-hmm. earth. As you know, you think you would be like completely lost without writing, or do you think you would? Like, what would that feel like? What would that be? I tried
1: to I tried to get away from it a, a bunch. Yeah. Uh, you know, find other stuff. Mm-hmm. Um. I had a nice little version of this life going for a minute that was really interesting and could have actually, I think, been fun. You know, um, I was working in film. I was living in New Orleans. I was making a bunch of money. I was having a lot of fun. Um, you know, and events conspired to kind of put an end to all of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, my house lit on fire, and that was oh, a crazy thing. Yeah, so that kind you of don't tell
0: that story oh uh, sure no 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 <clears throat> it's
1: you know it's fine so uh and then we should yeah. probably wrap because i gotta get my kid all right uh yeah so i was my my girlfriend at the time she was um out of town for a little while and i was just coming home from this shoot i was having to wake up early in the morning but i was gonna you know have one last episode of arrested development before mm-hmm. i went to sleep and thank god i did because otherwise i would be dead and you know this little shotgun uh, apartment in the Marigny in New Orleans, and um, there were these old gas heaters on the wall that had an open flame, and uh, <laughs> attached to the wall, attached to the wall with an open flame, with an open flame, and and it, uh, the new ones have a, a sensor that shit when the level of oxygen or whatever within and without, like, like right, if you see a shirt on off. it or something, and it would, it it would shut itself crackle, off. Yeah. ours was not. You know, New Orleans, there's not yeah. a whole lot of. Oversight as to any of those things. Anything. No smoke smoke alarms or anything like that. I smelled this smell that was like burning plastic. I was sitting in my kitchen at the back end because you know these apartments are room 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 room. There's no hallways. Right. And I'm sitting at the back, and the next door over is the backyard. And on the other side, it's a divided house, one story. And on the other side was a not identical, but like a a, another mirror image of it. Yeah. Pretty much. And. um I smelled the smell and I thought that maybe the little fan that I had next to the heater to blow the hot air told me it got a little too close and was melting. Mm. And I went over to it and I like moved it and then I just smelled it way stronger really fast. Mm. And then I looked and there was just smoke coming out from under the wall and I was like, holy shit. So I grabbed this fire extinguisher and I run out the back door and I start yelling, fire, fire, fire. And I like, I'm kicking at my neighbor's door because I think they're in there. Mm-hmm. And I'm kicking at it and kicking at it, trying to get it open to like put out the fire or whatever. Right. But then I look and I... Realize that it's already climbed onto the roof of the house. Jesus. So I run back in. I didn't even put down the fire extinguisher. That's how yeah. much I wasn't thinking. Right, right. And I, my girlfriend uh, at the time had all of this like box with all the special stuff in it sentimental stuff. Okay. And I just grabbed a armful of it and a little box where we had our social security cards and passports and my computer that had all my writing on it. And I ran out into the night and there was, you know, they were banging on my door. They thought I was inside dead. Oh. By the time I got to the front of the apartment, I couldn't see anything. There was so much smoke. Um, and no one died. The house was destroyed. But um, from that kind of moment, that set so many things in motion
0: that, like, wound me, you know, where I am now and all oh. that. and um, Brought you back to writing somehow? Well, you know, it just ended your film career or your time in New Orleans. It ended
1: my time in New Orleans. It ended that particular moment in my life, that particular period. The end came before the end, if you know what I mean. But like, it was like, okay, what is important? What am I doing with my time? If I left anything behind, what would that be? Hmm. And uh, what do I need? You know? Yeah, I guess it does make you
0: assess all that stuff, huh? When you have a close call like that, you're like what what would have been lost? If I?
1: What, you know, what is satisfying to me? Um, I can continue to do this job that's fun. There's this part of me that does not feel satisfied. Like mm-hmm. this part of my self that doesn't have an outlet, and mm-hmm. I I don't know. It took a little process of time to get back to the place where I felt like I was participating in it fully again. ¶¶
0: just think it's such a huge thing to come talk openly about whatever especially if you don't know the person like we've never we've never met before this day right and that's cool I mean we have my brother as a common bond that we could say yeah if he vouches for both of us it's probably cool (laughs) but it's still I just think it's really awesome to be able to like come meet somebody for the first time and then jump right in and talk about real stuff it's like it's super valuable to me i i mean you're doing a great job thanks man yeah (laughs) well i appreciate you coming and uh keeping the open mind enough to just show up and do it not knowing what i mean i don't know how much how much my brother well i guess you listened to a few so you knew you kind of knew what i I had a sense of yeah what to expect you knew i wasn't gonna attack you or force you to talk about no painful things (laughs) okay no no it's uh it's a really cool format. I like what you're doing and
1: and, you know, the having an honest conversation with a person is, you know, the fact that people find other people interesting is always going to be true. And yeah, you know, I think so. I think making, making something out of that is an interesting and fun and worthwhile thing. Cool. Thanks man. Yeah. Yeah, Thank you. I agree. I appreciate it.
0: Um, all right. Well, thanks so much for taking the time. Thank you. uh, and for being who you are. Oh, and you as well. Thanks, man. <laughs> and I'll uh, see you soon. All right. All right. Bye. bye. Thanks for listening, everybody. This my friend Julian Levy, and um, I asked him if he wanted me to plug anything of his, and he said no, but um, he's a writer, so there's his name. And if you want to find out what he's written or might write, I think there's a way to do that these days. If you'd like to find out what I might have done or might be doing, uh, you can just ask me. Um... If you would like to do that, use my email. Email at com. If you'd like to send me a direct message on this little platform called Instagram, you can find me there at Outspoken underscore podcast. And I'm going to make a big special announcement soon. There's going to be a whole lot of exciting stuff coming. So hold on your hats and um, batten down the hatches and... Um, whatever, uh, you know, other things you need to do. Tighten your britches. Is that something? Um, <clears throat> all those old timey phrases, do those, do those things to prepare yourself. Okay. I love you guys. See you next week.